Hey, this is Jason DeVore from Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody into another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. I am Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. Uh, Tim Tompkins will be joining us eventually, we promise, so you don't have to just deal with the two of us, my cohort in crime. He does not have the coronavirus, he's dealing with an AC issue. Yeah, which is, uh, <laughs> we're not even getting into it, but yeah, my, my co-host and, and partner in crime, uh, Dave King. Dave, how are you, man? Pretty good. Yeah. Hope everyone's doing great after that huge Suns win on Friday night. I have I have never been more excited that we don't do this in in person and that I'm uh, in a makeshift studio uh, with everything going on uh, and uh, hearing you coughing and sneezing right before we went on. I'm glad uh, we're sequestered, my friend. Oh no no no, that's just my old man <laughs> stuff. Oh well, we know. I just cough and sneeze uh, a lot. You got you've known this for three years, Greg. The, the throat that's my clearing. old man yes. stuff. I am perfectly perfectly healthy. Um, although the uh, Phoenix Suns and the NBA is starting to get pretty worried about this stuff, this coronavirus stuff, aren't they? Yeah, well, I saw Shams uh, Sharania tweet out last night that the NBA has actually sent out memos to uh, their teams to prepare to play games in empty stadiums with only uh, extremely necessary personnel in uh, in place. Like the media. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you People still have to know what happened. I'm sure we're talking uh, the broadcast groups and uh, not and not guys that uh, run blogs, unfortunately. I don't think I think you're non-essential personnel at this at this point. But it'll be uh, I wonder if they'll do like Skype post-game press conferences for for the media that uh, that likely won't be in there. That's a really good idea. Actually, YouTube live press conferences. It's going to be we can be the ones commenting on the asking questions. It is going to be uh, a, a very weird experience. You send if they, them your technology. Uh, send I Julie Fye your technology <laughs> here, Greg, that gets us live, and they can do the same thing. I'm sure they need some help with that. I'm pretty sure that they've blocked uh, any communications that come from me uh, after <laughs> my time there. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it will be a very odd oh, experience yeah. if, uh, if NBA games are played in front of absolutely no crowd. It'll be kind of like hosting this show where nobody listens to it. It'd be kind of like playing pickup in the summer for these NBA players. Yeah. Uh, where and then Devin Booker will get even more mad when he's double and triple team. <laughs> I I mean, and at this point, are refs essential because they can't get any of the calls right? So maybe we should just uh, they should have just to call do it the like fouls pickup. on the honor system yeah. by the players, right? <laughs> yeah, just do it like that. I wonder. I really wonder though. Do you pump in crowd noise so it's just not a, a such a weird experience Could you for the imagine players? Just this this cavernous stadium. Oh, yeah. I know LeBron was asked about it last night. I saw a little clip on on shared on Twitter that he said he wouldn't even play if the fans weren't there. I'm like, whatever. The Suns <laughs> players were much more pragmatic about it. They're like, look, man. If that's what we need to stay healthy, then I'll do whatever that I, that's above my pay grade. Well, it's not above Devin Booker's pay grade, but <laughs> it's definitely above his uh, scope of control. Well, it, uh, yeah, LeBron, come on, you're not you're not going to halt a uh, billion the only one dollar above business. Devin Booker's pay grade is Robert Sarver right now. Oh. I, I don't know. Does he, I, he's not making that much money anymore since he, uh, he retired from the bank, right? So. Oh, yeah. Hey, so but he will be making more money next year, won't he? Because uh, the season ticket prices are 
jumping sky well, high. You, you gotta you gotta pay for a brand new uh, renovated arena somehow, right? Uh, even though the city's paying for most. Wait a of minute, it. yes. So let's talk about that for a second. This is a little bit of a deviation. Our intro was supposed to be about coronavirus, and then splash volcano, and then going into more fun stuff. Let's talk about the season ticket prices. So I've got some friends who are season ticket holders. God love them. They've stayed season ticket holders um, this whole time, or at least joined now because the ticket prices have been flat for a few years, but they're also playing in a dilapidated stadium relatively. Now, when the city commits $150 million public dollars so this is just tourism dollars it's not like you and me are going to be paying the paying for this arena greg it's it's tourists who come in to visit us like family and friends um and that is going 150 million is going to the suns to pay for the renovation and then the suns only have to pay overages and the suns only have to pay for the practice facility that's going up on camelback which was their option you know optional um and so that's you know maybe a total of another 100 million that's a lot, but still, it's not the 150 that the city's putting in, or the us, the tourists are putting in, and yet now Robert Sarver is raising ticket season and the section 116 tickets that were going for uh, 60 bucks a piece or so are going to go up to about 100 next year. Well, That's hey, a 60 percent increase. They may get to play in front of a, uh, ha- a pretty much empty uh, arena, anyways. Then, if well, they raise the prices that's that much, because the the folks I've heard from are not going to renew their season tickets at this point anyway. It's possible that the Suns make some big moves in the summer. People will renew, and it's really all about the bottom line, right? So, if if the stadium ends up, if they end up selling as many season tickets to other people as they did this past year, then win win for the Suns. But if they end up having to give those tickets away, uh, then it's a lose-lose for the Suns. So this might give a little bit of pressure to Sarver, who will pass it down to James Jones to make some splashes this summer, uh, which could help or hurt the Suns. I remember last time Robert Sarver really pushed hard was the summer of 2010. No, it was about that summer. I, I heard. Uh, I think it was the actually the year that they signed uh, uh, Tyson Chandler. Where it was the last time? Sure, he pushed he hard. Pushed hard yeah, and uh, and led to bad decision making uh, that didn't uh, didn't Chandler. turn out with the big uh, yeah uh, yeah the also the Eric Bledsoe holding out signing Isaiah Thomas instead summer, yep. and then you know that's all after the Hakeem Work replaces Amari Stoudemire summer. So we'll see how this summer goes based on that. But these season ticket price hikes are incredibly obnoxious. Yeah, nobody's nobody's going to pay that because they're sitting in a slightly nicer seat with a bigger jumbotron. It comes down to, are you winning on the court? The building does not matter. The building was not preventing people from coming to games. The building wasn't the problem. It's the on-the-court product. And until you fix that, you can't justify that kind of a season ticket raise. Uh, you know, the, the, the renovation kind of, I look at it and I go, okay, it's nice for people with a lot of money because there's fancier bars and stuff. Uh, the seats will be a little cushier that you'll be able to see a jumbotron a little bit better, but that's not going to impact the average fan outside of an increase in ticket prices. Get out there and make this team a winner again, and then uh, it's palatable to pay more for tickets. Right. As soon as you make a playoff appearance, then you can raise prices for the next year, and people will understand. Yeah. How about getting? How about sniffing the playoffs for once first? 
Yeah. Well, they probably consider this the sniffing the playoffs year. So, you know, they, they, it was justifiable. Look, they did just hit 25 wins for the first time look, in five years. They're, they're going to go, look, it's going to take 40 some to make the playoffs. Uh-huh, they're going to go, look, it was one of the bigger turnarounds in the NBA this year. We justify it. So, well, plus that Devin Booker extension is, is kicked in. So you got to find a way to, uh, you know, forty percent more wins, forty percent more price on the season <laughs> tickets. I guess that's what matters to them. It's like the wor- It's like the 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 worst kind of special offer. Every percentage <laughs> point we improve our wins, you're paying that much more next year. Suns <laughs> basketball, get excited! <laughs> <Sons> basketball. <laughs> we are extortionists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we've gone completely off the rails, but but one last coronavirus thing. Last night, Mikhail Bridges has a big block. I think it was in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Ball goes in the stands. He goes to chase it. And what does he do? He high-fives like five fans. And I'm like, no, that's like the last thing they tell you to do right now. Go get the sanitizer. Go get the sanitizer. Yeah, right. They need need a ball boy that all he does is just give sanitizer to each guy at every break. I don't know if it was Gina, uh, Mizell, or Dwayne, but whoever sits down there on courtside um, uh, noticed that there's a hand sanitizer bottle right by the sun's bench now, which is great but it's embedded right next to the the thing of powder and the mouth guards and all that stuff that are all just as gross as you can possibly get. (laughs) (laughs) Just slather it all in hand sanitizer. I actually think our friend Tim Tompkins may be uh, in the room. Timmy, are you there? Yeah, yeah. The joys of being a homeowner, gentlemen. Apologies for the delay. Yeah. Well, as long as you don't have that coronavirus, that's all that matters. <sighs> yeah, no, uh, no coronavirus, just a, a heater slash AC that still doesn't work. And <laughs> I feel like know. such a goofball that I still, every time I hear coronavirus, I chuckle to myself thinking, are we talking hangover or are we talking some pandemic? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that anybody's ever drank enough Corona to give themselves a hangover. That is some real terrible beer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. like, like, not not remotely I, good. I have had the Dos Equis virus, but uh, yeah. Know. Well, Dos Equis virus is possible. Coronavirus is like, all right, I'll have one, and then that's that's good enough. Or Corona beer, though, they literally have seen a big drop in sales. <laughs> Uh, you, I bet they have. I actually haven't seen their commercials going they on. Really anywhere. They really have. So catch the, catch me up, guys. What did we What did we enter with? You we enter we entered with, with coronavirus and playing in front of nobody, and then Suns ticket price hikes. Uh, Dave uh, veered off to the left, and uh, I I ranted yeah. about that. Uh, that seems so. about so right. we're let's, still let's waiting talk. to actually start the real show, Tim. Sure. So <laughs> let's talk about the. One of the greatest games in NBA history from Mr. Aaron Baines. Uh, Mr. 5-5, five and five, a career 5.5 rebound guy. I mean, it is. so Dave, you, you got these stats. Thank you so much for doing the show notes uh, for today. But Aaron Baines, um, <laughs> greatest game in history by a starter. No starting center has ever hit nine threes in a game. No Aussie has ever scored so many points, that being 37, higher than uh, Mills and uh, Patty ben Mills Simmons. and Ben Simmons with yep. 34. And no player of any size has ever posted 37 points, nine threes, 16 rebounds, and two blocks uh you take out the blocks and it's still only james harden so arguably aaron baines and it's it's just why this team is wild man so we have had 
a hell of a week where the Suns have just been trash. We've had the Suns play amazing basketball. We see them go up 20 points, somehow lose it. So you see the amazingness of this team in a game. You see uh, the the absolute shithole that this team can be. You see them lose to bad teams. You see them beat good teams. This is the wildest season. I don't even know what to expect when I'm watching games. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. What's really funny is that the team is still just 25 and 38. And this is a franchise that has 29 playoff appearances in their first 42 seasons. And let's just ignore the last 10, uh, but 25, 29 playoff appearances in the first 42 seasons historically great offensive teams made two different NBA finals, had some of the best point guards in the history of the game. And yet this Suns team this season is doing things that no other Suns team has ever done before. One thing I did not put on the stats for you, Tim was um, no one has ever made more threes in a game than Aaron for the Suns as a franchise than Aaron Baines is nine. Um, That's been done by three other players. One time Rex Chapman uh, in the playoffs there was also a Channing Fry game uh, where Channing Fry had nine threes in a regular season game. And then the third one is escaping me right now. It was, uh, um, I believe it was Dan Morley. No, probably. or was it Quentin Maybe. Richardson? I think it was Quentin Richardson. Oh, Quentin. It was, yeah, it was Q. Q Rich um, during his one season with the Suns. So, I mean, this is just incredible. And then uh, just a slight deviation here, because I love doing this, um, but Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio um, each had 10-plus assists last night for the fifth, fifth time this season. No Suns team in history other than uh, uh, two other duos, Wilt with Kevin Johnson in them, have ever had more double-digit assists by two starting guards either. I mean, some of these, some of these records, there are threes. They made 19 threes last night. Um, second most in franchise history. They took 42 threes, uh, third most in franchise history. It's just weird what this it's team a, is to support you, Tim. It's just it, weird. It's also important to understand when we're looking at the record, and I don't have the specific statistics in front of me, but on games decided by one possession, they're yeah. like two and nine or something along those lines. And while a lot of that is poor execution down the stretch, there's a lot of basketball that's also luck. <laughs> and yeah. it even just happenstance, the Sun should win yeah. 50, 50% of those, right? Exactly. Historically, um, when people do long studies over multiple teams, multiple seasons, it's a 50-50 proposition if, you're, if the final shot goes in or not um, but for each team. Like, obviously, shots themselves are only a 30 or 40% proposition. In right, but whether or not moments, you're winning or losing those ones. Whether you're the winner or loser is basically a 50-50, and the Suns are 2-8. and eight. So, yeah, there's that, and uh, Basketball Reference uses that kind of modeling to say that the Suns actually should be in ninth place in the West and just outside the playoff picture right now, but they've lost too many of these games. I, it, it is, it is unbelievable how Jekyll and Hyde this team is. They're, <laughs> they're very much like Nick Cage. I mean, you, you can be Oscar award winning and then you can do a movie that uh, it, you're shocked that it was anything other than a paycheck. And, and that's how even in one week, we're not talking this one week we've seen, that from the Phoenix Suns losing uh, to to Detroit uh, in awful fashion, uh, coming back playing great against Toronto and then and then crushing Portland. Uh, even in even in the Portland game, you saw 
how Jekyll and Hyde they can be where yeah. they have a huge first quarter, they give up a huge run by Portland in the second, and then a they come out. 20 to nothing run. Yeah, they, they went from 23 up to 3 up. Yeah, and then they <laughs> come. Wild. Then they come. Uh, back in the third, and they and they run up the score again. It, it is insane how much things vacillate with this team. And Aaron Baines last night, where the heck has that been? I mean, if he had spread <laughs> that over over the last four weeks, the Suns might actually still be in this. It was a part actually of the, uh, you know them Aaron disappearing. Baines, the nine threes that Aaron Baines made on Friday night matches the total threes he's made in twenty twenty before last night he made nine total threes over over more than two months and his disappearance is a huge (laughs) reason why this team fell out of the race like this yeah he's been dealing with uh, injuries uh he actually had a deep bone bruise of some sort in his hip it wasn't just a hip flexor or anything like that and those things take a while to heal um and yeah so he's had some injuries he says he's feeling really good now he's feeling uh best he has since the beginning of the season yeah, i would guess that. so uh, yeah i'd imagine he's feeling yeah. pretty damn good after friday night <laughs> yeah like uh, he finally finally so uh, you know, and and ozzy making Did you up see the for, step for the back? fact Did that we had luke longley step back Yes, the whole thing, the whole I'm thing. I can't believe it wasn't just like he's experience. all been catch and shoot this year. Like, don't move your feet, don't even jump, just take the shot on the catch. And he actually had a freaking dribble, step in, step back for the three against Damian Lillard off a swing. <laughs> he, also, he also had some some great uh, putbacks. Yes. As well. Yeah. Yeah, he got some off fourth quarter offensive rebounds for sure for putbacks. Um, that helped great. seal the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that's. That's when the the Portland Trailblazers. I think they were within eight or something along those lines. Eight. And the Suns like really needed a bucket right then because well, we yeah. know how the Suns team is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and you you clank, know clank, uh, clank. yep a lot of clanks all of a sudden and uh-huh. uh, you know um, you want I, you want to see a, a team lose an eighteen point lead. I I, I want to know statistically are has a team lost as many leads as the Suns have this season? Like, are, are they the absolute favorite in that? Oh, I think there's a lot of those teams out there. We just don't watch them. But um, I remember a Suns team even just a few years ago was famous for building 20-point leads and then losing, and that was one of the bad teams too. Right. So I think I think we just feel like we're unique. Uh, Sacramento, I think, uh, is feeling a lot of pain this year over lost games and stuff. So, you know, there's, there's a few teams like that. But the Suns treat... It leads like uh, I treat my car keys. I lose them constantly. So I like. It. So the Suns do uh, tie. They're tied for the league lead in one possession losses with eight. And guess who they're tied with? They're tied with. I think it's the Kings is one of them, and the gonna, Mavericks is another. Gonna say the Kings, yeah. Which, which the Mavs, the Mavericks, is crazy. which is crazy because I thought Luca was the best, you know, clutch shooter ever. But um, they're actually have eight one possession losses this year, and that's why people are projecting the Mavericks to actually be tougher in the playoffs potentially well, than uh, than it looks. How many? Although you got to argue. How many one possession wins do the Mavericks have? Uh, good question. I don't know. I just saw the stat on the losses. The Suns only have two one possession wins. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to bring up the fact that the Suns could have had uh, Porzingis and. Uh, that other guy in Dallas, but uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, well, the, the, uh, 
<laughs> just for Dave's reaction. Why not, Greg? The only let's reason stop I brought that up. Enjoying a win, and let's just start talking about what could have been. Can, uh, so can, I does anyone? Oh, go ahead, Tim. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, did anyone think as well that Frank, this Frank Kaminsky injury was going to be like an entire season long freaking no. injury? No, poor guy. Uh, Monty just said earlier this week that he's a ways away still, and and that's just not good. I feel bad for him. A fracture in your kneecap. That's tough. Um, and bones don't heal very quickly, especially in that sensitive area. However, we did get some other good news just on quickly on injuries. Uh, DeAndre Aiden should be back any day, any game. So it's just like one of his prior ankle injuries where he's out two to five games, which is great. And Kelly Oubre might even be back in a couple of or like three weeks. And that's really good. So, you know, positives. So two, two things here. Even though Frank has has been out, he had an impact on last night's game. Did you see after, uh, during that uh, Aaron Baines step back three, he got off the bench and walked under the hoop like, are you not entertained? I thought that was <laughs> the best part of the video clip uh, of that Baines thing is you see you see this this figure slowly walking from the bench like that with his arms up. And I'm like, okay, that's spectacular that Frank is just like, yeah, even I'm impressed by this. And then, uh, did, did you Frank hear? Frank is great, though. He is a really oh. great, he's, he's so good at celebrating on the sidelines, even with his injury. He doesn't dance anymore, obviously, but uh, he is really a great guy to have around for that team. Yeah, I feel I feel like he's just been a positive impact in general, just yeah, from just personality. Uh, yeah, being around. And then, did you, uh, uh, Tim, I know you probably didn't, but Dave, did you catch James Jones? on uh, Doug and Wolf Friday morning talking about the Kelly Oubre injury? I heard clips, okay. and that sounds exactly like I thought originally. Uh, the part that stood out to me was he goes, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, this is not a direct quote because I was too lazy to actually write down the direct <laughs> quote, but it was something to the effect of, yeah, the doctors say he should be on crutches, but Kelly is too cool of a guy. He's walking around with a cane. Two He's thoughts. so cool, yeah. <laughs> You're the general manager. I'm not sure that a guy trying to be cool should be the uh, the important thing. I If the doctors are saying he should be on crutches, I'm thinking he probably should be on crutches. I don't know what, what you think, guys, but uh, that stood out to me as a, hmm, maybe just have him on the crutches rather than with the cane kind of thing. You know, like I, That made me laugh hearing about it. Well, he's thinking of Kelly Uber. I wish I could have seen him last night um, at the game, but I didn't. I didn't run into him at all. Uh, but I would love to see. I just, I could just imagine him flicking that cane back and forth, just being Mister Cool. <laughs> Sounds perfectly like him. I, I mean, I just assumed Kelly Uber carried around see, a, cane anyway. a cane anyway. <laughs> I would just look like I should have a cane because I'm old. But Kelly Uber could make that cane look cool. Oh, you, you know that a bejeweled cane? That's a bad ass cane. It's a valley boy. It probably cane, has a skull right? on it. Yeah, it's, it's a. It, it's, it's that skull with the cowboy hat from the Valley Boys gear. He's gone all out, I'm sure. But yeah, that made me that made me laugh. But yeah, Aaron Baines, damn impressive. Congratulations on what was a uh, a night that I don't think any of us are going to forget or believe ever happened. So he may not even believe it. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's funny how much of a difference the recording of the show Mood is. Dependent upon how the Suns did the night before. Well, oh yeah, look, it was a historically fun win, and we're just giddy. Look, That's they great. could have lost last night. I'd still feel this way because Aaron Baines, 
that 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 was just one of those performances you just have to laugh at in some way because you just don't expect it. Like, how in the world, uh, if if I had told you before the game, uh, you know, and said, I'll bet you a mortgage payment, right, that Aaron Baines is going to hit nine threes and do something only James Harden has ever done in, in the NBA, you would have been like, yeah. I'll take that bet with you because you're an Hey, idiot. I want to bring up, speaking of bets, um, Andrew Lezis, who's a Twitter guy, um, he's a big, huge Suns fan, and he lives and dies with the Suns. He actually said if Aaron Baines ever gets a 30-20 game, that he'll put a, he'll do an Aaron Baines face tattoo. <laughs> and so the whole game, we were all counting down the rebounds. And I'm like, do tap outs count? <laughs> that got that got uncomfortably close there. That, 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 yeah. Andrew's, the, Andrew's the guy that wrote the uh, the Kelly Oubre uh, song, song as well. Yes, he wrote uh, Kelly good, Oubre song. Good he guy. really does live and die by the Suns. And I think, I think he, he has... won the best Suns Twitter account contest as well that was put on last summer that the epic contest of all contests yeah uh hey we have a youtube listener comment we have Uh, a lot of them hey youtubers this one is coming from raymond gonzalez he said you guys should rename the donkey award to the donkey award after nate duncan that's actually a great idea and we're going to do that this episode so it'll be the donkey award moving forward uh, maybe we actually, more maybe that along. is our donkey award for the for the show. <laughs> it's a tight race this week. Lots of weird <laughs> hey, no, stuff going personal on. Raymond, but it no. has been the donkey. It's it's all right, Raymond. We joke a lot around here. Um, I also like. Did you see everybody in the is chat? Is Raymond There's... the same dude? Is this the same dude that that called into the John Bloom's post game last night? Did anyone hear that? Uh, you guys probably didn't. No. We'll but I listened that. to it on my drive home. Uh, John Bloom does the Suns postgame show on the radio. And he takes in callers. And most people were really happy. And then suddenly he gets this fan who's saying, this is the worst franchise in the history of franchises, blah, 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 blah. And Bloom just went off on the guy. <laughs> and he finally oh. asked him, who's your team? And the di- dude admitted he's a Lakers fan. And Bloom just cut him right off. <laughs> ah, Bloom. Bloomer, I miss I miss the days sitting next to him on that show and taking he was calls hot. when you're. And you know when he gets mad, his voice as decibel rises and his his pitch rises. It was great. It takes a lot for him to get mad too on air. I could I could mad. tell you because I said some stupid stuff sitting next to him and it didn't piss him <laughs> off. So, uh, by the way, did you guys see the joke in the chat? We have one thumbs down on YouTube and everybody assumes Nate Duncan stopped by to to give us uh, his thoughts on the show. So thank you, Nate. <laughs> We appreciate the donkey it. thumb. Yeah. Did we did we lose Tim again? I have. Well, well let's move on to our next segment. Or do we want to? Or, or let me ask one last Aaron Baines thing. And okay. I, I was wondering this a lot last night, and it's a question I've gone back. Flash volcano, by the way. I think that's incredibly good. Uh, well, it's better than Luke Longley, the blunder from down under. So uh, the <laughs> splash volcano works. But let's. Uh, Let's look. Let it, it's a question I've been thinking about a lot this season. Do you actually re-sign Aaron Baines or not? And does last night have any impact on that? I know it would be irrational to think that it would swing you massively, but it was a reminder of who he was at the beginning of the season when he was healthy. I I go back and forth on whether whether the Suns should use part of their cap space this summer to bring Aaron Baines back, or if there's a better option at backup center that that's younger that's a long-term fit 
I don't think so, you need to worry about long-term fits when it comes with your when it comes to your backup center, especially right. when you have somebody like DeAndre Ayton, who is clearly going to be the player moving forward. Now, if your backup, if your starting center was Aaron Baines, it would make more sense to look for a player that is more your long-term. I, I totally agree, and I actually um, the Suns have his bird rights, Aaron Baines. They could sign him, re-sign him with those bird rights after they've reached the cap. Um, so they can, they can spend and then still bring him back. I would bring him back. I would bring him back. I mean, you know, I'd even pay 10 million a year for a year or two, as long as he'll take a short term deal, I'd give him all the money because, um, he's great in that locker room. They love, they need him because he's always a voice. He and Ricky are voices of the coach basically, because they are the veterans in the lineup. Everybody else is so young and still learning how to win games. Um, him and Ricky are the ones who know how to win those games and, and they're just not the best players on the court, obviously. And so they, the, the Suns need veterans like him to help prop up the team going forward. And I think he's made a huge difference this year. I think even though, um, John Drayton gets credit on his own for becoming better as a defender and a player overall. And Mark Bryan as the Suns, um, lead assistant on helping Aaron uh, on DeAndre Aiden grow um, is, is, has been great for DeAndre Aiden. Aaron Baines has been huge for him too. And I think another year of that can, can only benefit Aiden as well. And Aiden's under uh, cost control for a few years. So I, I would definitely bring Aaron Baines back if he wants to come back. I honestly well, was on the fence before last night because I was not sure. Before if, last night. Well, just just honestly because I wasn't sure if the beginning of the season was just a complete fluke ah. because he had gone so MIA uh, yeah, for yeah. such a long period of time. And with how tight-lipped the Suns are in terms of what injuries are actually are, this year, uh, you know, it wasn't very clear that there was anything, uh, you know, that serious still lingering with it. So you look at, like you mentioned, he had only hit nine threes in all of uh, 2020 before uh, before Friday night's game. And I just wondered, did, did we all just buy too much into the hype early on? And is he really not a guy that can have... A, can have a big impact. Now we're not going to see a night like la- like Friday night ever again, and we probably won't see the kind of impact he had in that seven and four start. But at least a consistent uh, guy that can shoot uh, as a backup uh, is something that you definitely want with uh, with Aiton. So uh, last night made me go, okay, this guy one healthy still is is better than what we saw the first two months of of 2020 and that's kind of what shifted my thinking not not just the fact that he went off last night but that okay there when healthy he still is some semblance of the guy we saw at the beginning of the year uh we have a listener question on youtube this one is coming from everything horror he says and uh, you know i honestly didn't know about this so i'm hoping that you guys do do you guys think there's a conspiracy with kelly Oubre like bickley thinks no no there's there's no not at all look this team is different now um monty williams all those guys they don't want to be tanking games nobody wants people to be missing games they want to finish this season strong you have to set a new culture so that next year can be even better if you just spend the rest of this year just tanking and resting guys and all that then you haven't learned a damn thing 
So no, I think Bickley is is wrong in the conclusion that they're that they're milking the Kelly Oubre thing, that it's a shadow injury, all that. No, the Suns are playing, and the fact that Aaron Baines played 30-some minutes last night, that Devin Booker's been averaging 38 minutes, that Ricky Rubio's been over 30 minutes a game, they're not tanking out this season in any way, shape, or form. And they're going to play hard until the final week. Now, in the final week, you may end up seeing more Ty Jerome than you ever wanted to see, or Elia Kobo. But until then, these guys are going to win as many games as they can. And they've got their own personal milestones. They don't necessarily want to tell us, but I am 100% sure that they want to reach 30 wins. And I'm 100% sure that they then want to get 34 or 33 so that they can have less than 50 losses. I think there are many, many milestones that you don't say out loud because it's kind of embarrassing to say that your goal is to reach 30 wins. But uh, these are many milestones. These guys really want to win every game going out, going uh, out the rest of the year for sure. Dave, can can we be clear? I've already seen more of Elliot Kobo and probably Ty Jerome than I've Jesus ever wanted to Christ. see. Christ! So. In a game where everyone <laughs> played well, Elliot Kobo tried to personally lose it for the Suns. It's just it's so frustrating. So, so but uh, you know, I, <sighs> there is no conspiracy theory. God. Do you really think a team? Uh, is lying about a guy getting knee surgery like or, well he wanted he wanted a second opinion <laughs> we're we're fa- I didn't say that their doctors are the greatest. I'm just saying I don't think they lied that he actually had the surgery. What? No, no, uh, you always do a second opinion before uh, before a surgery. You absolutely have to, especially with meniscus because there's different kinds of meniscus injuries you can have. Some are less. Um, egregious than others within that same meniscus where it is depends because some in some places you have good blood flow and other parts of it you have bad blood flow you've got to get multiple opinions and get the right surgery or you're out even longer and you have complications so and the sons are not surgeons they are medical profession they are you know they are <laughs> trainers they're they're rehab people they are not highly high specialized surgeons that's why you go out for other opinions well, yeah, I, I, and I don't, I, but back to the conspiracy, they're not faking this. There's no, there's no, they're not just pretending that there was some surgery or that this was, uh, was an injury that required this. I mean, there's no point in that. And if, if they were trying to tank in some way, you don't just take one guy out. Like they're all of a sudden there'd be all sorts of fake injuries. We saw this. I mean, when they sat, uh, Eric Bledsoe starting in March, uh, the beginning of March, uh, a few years ago, and then, and then subsequently shut down Booker, and and it was very systematic. And this is not like that. You do This is not a team that's trying to lose on purpose. This is not a draft that you try to lose uh, on purpose for. And James Jones says he hates dra- draft picks anyways. It's not his thing and how to build teams. So why would that be? The strategy, I just, after 10 years of such ineptitude, everybody wants to think there's something larger when this stuff happens because uh, because it's hard to believe that this team isn't trying to do something stupid. And it, they're just not. This is not <clears throat> the case. This is not four no, or five years ago. I think the first ago. stupid opportunity will be July. Oh, yes. That'll and, be the stupid And I'm sure something stupid will happen. And I believe that's our next segment is discuss what potential stupid moves they could make in July, right? Well, segmenting, actually, our next segment is Stat of the Week. Stat, yes. stat, stat of the week. Stat of the week! All right. So this is going to be looking at 
uh, small sample size theater. But given Aaron Baines' huge <laughs> night, I thought it would be worth noting uh, some of the starting lineups with Aaron Baines compared to some of the starting lineups oh, without Aaron Baines. So let's not, talk about. We're not going here, are the, we? The Suns' oh, starting lineup of. Uh, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Ray, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton. 121 offensive rating, 101 defensive rating for a total plus 20 net rating. Now, let's go ahead and compare that with Ricky Rubio, Aaron Baines, Dario Sharge, Devin Booker, and Mikael Bridges. That is a positive 35 net rating okay 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 but let's say that you want to go a little bit different and you want to actually compare apples to apples just the only person you're going to replace is is baines with um with the deandre eight that is a positive 26 net rating so we what we basically have here is uh the sun should probably try and trade deandre ayton and oh aaron God. baines is the uh is a better starting center well let me tell you can i tell you can mm. i tell you um the only really good predictive starting lineups or lineup combinations is when you get over three or four hundred minutes if not 500 minutes in a season um, the five man lineup with, with Rubio, Ubre, Booker, Bridges, and Aiton, that's a plus 20. That was best in the league for lineups that are over 150 minutes together. Um, yes, that's great. That's plus 20. And that was, that was four lineups that are over that mark. And they only played 226 minutes together because of the injuries. Um, these other two lineups you talk about, Tim, as you already wrote in the thing, small sample size theater, 25 minutes and 51 minutes. I mean, anything can happen. Remember when Ellie Okobo had the best plus minus on the team for about a month? No, I do. <laughs> the first month, six weeks of the season, Ellie Okobo in his three minutes a game somehow ended up with one of the best plus minuses on the team and kept it almost through Christmas, and you know Elia Kobo, and he does not deserve to be the best plus minus on the team. Well, I'm glad that uh, that Tim, you took a few minutes to read an excerpt from a uh, Valley of the Suns piece here on... Uh, oh! On oh. Uh, hey! Now. I, like, hey! No, hey. No, hold on, hold on. You know I don't read. <laughs> well, well, that's, <laughs> that's true. You must have found a it's something that uh, that reads it to you, but right. honestly, like we, podcast, we all know that this is is a joke, and we know that you don't really feel that, Tim. But uh, there are people out there that will make this argument and seriously make this argument. They have, and, they have on on uh, Sun's Facebook groups. Yeah, probably on Sun's Reddit too, and other places <laughs> in the dark corners of the internet. Let's just stop this. I mean, look at, at Aaron Baines' best. He's a good player. At DeAndre Ayton's best, he's a great player. And and he's just scratching the surface. Aaron Baines obviously has done some things at age 33 that he's never done before. We just talked about Friday night's game. We just talked about the first two months of the season where Aaron Baines was hitting 50% of his threes for a long time. That's great. But it also shows you that guys continue to get better as their career goes on, and DeAndre Aiden is just scratching the surface. So, look, I'm happy if people are thrilled with Aaron Baines. I just wish you didn't have to tear down somebody else to prove your point on how good a player is. I just, I'm just tired of it. You know what I'd love is if DeAndre Ayton and Aaron Baines could 
find Merge. their rhythm at the same time. It'd be really no, nice. I, I just wish that we could just <laughs> mash them together into a single person because Aaron Baines does everything Aiton doesn't and Aiton does everything Aaron Baines doesn't. And, and yet Aiton is learning from Baines and he's learning how to do some of those things that Baines is, is doing. And I, I really, really like that. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, if you could mash the two together into a single Human being, you'd you'd be like Thanos with all the Infinity Stones, and you'd have a pretty awesome orange beard on uh, uh, on DeAndre Ayton right now. By the way, <laughs> which, which well, is, there's that. Yeah, I just want somebody Photoshop that for me. I need to see that. By the way, everything horror clarified. He says that Bickley thinks there's a disconnect between the team and Kelly with the injury, which again, I don't think that's necessarily the case either to Dave's point. Uh, everybody seeks, uh, seeks second opinions when it comes to surgery. And, uh, I don't think there's a rift here. Also that training staff has been trash this year. They really have. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they'll get better in their careers as well. But man, that training staff I mean, has I, been. I'd have. Oh, you're injured. Uh, let's just see what happens. I mean, jeez, it's it. It's their rookie year too. All right, leave them alone. Oh my kidding. God. All right, so let's do uh, Gorilla Time. By the way, thank you so much to listener Theo for helping us rename the segment from. Middle segment. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we, gorilla I, time. I think we. I think we need like a halftime act right before <laughs> the gorilla time. Uh, yeah, or, or or I need to like get for the YouTube audience some graphic of the gorilla just need jumping to do across the, the grunting. screen. That's all we got. I'm not grunting this, like just that. like we do the stat of the week. I am not grunting with you at the <laughs> same time. Oh, Jesus And we now know more about Dave than we ever wanted to. Let's talk about heading into the summer with the assumption that the Suns do hit this um, 30-game win mark. Uh, My opinion is that the problem with the Suns team starts and ends with the bench. I do not think there is any sort of issue that they have with the starting lineup. I don't think they need to make any drastic starting lineup changes. You look at all of the advanced statistics. Yes, a lot of those lineups aren't hitting 300 minutes. Regardless, the starting lineup has been fine. The eye test matches this. Um, the, the advanced statistics matches. So therefore, when we're talking about what the Suns do going into the summer, in my opinion, anyway, and you guys feel free to differ with me, we're really talking about what they can do around the edges to make this team a bit better. Uh, a question that Dave had in there is, do they double down on switchy athletes um, like the Suns starting lineup of Aiden, Oubre, and Bridges? So focusing on Across guys like... that front line, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Grant, um, Aaron Gordon, although I don't think Aaron Gordon's quite all that switchy um, of a player, but he is, he is athletic, obviously. Or did they go for more traditional... Uh, tightly positioned players hold on let's not let's not bury the lead that your your big uh limb that you went out on is the sun's bench isn't very good i, I appreciate the analysis there tim I, well uh, no listen listen when, <laughs> when i get on sun's twitter unfortunately you have all these people that are complaining about the sun's starters and take your pick that week who that sun starter they're going to complain <laughs> about is uh but the sun starting lineup is not the issue I, no, it really isn't. And I, I totally agree with that. What what we found out over the course of this season is that with Rubio and Booker leading the way with this offense, this uh, the Suns are first in the league in assists, first in the league in assist percentage, all these 
all these passing level stats because they're really good at moving the ball around. So what you need is uh, front line guys who can who can help support that, um, but also who can play defense on the other end of the court. And because the NBA is all about doing switches and, and getting your worst defender on an island, um, being able to play guys who can do that, which includes DeAndre Ayton, by the way, and does not necessarily include Aaron Baines and definitely doesn't really include Dario Saric or Frank Kaminsky. Um, but you, the more switchy your defenders can be, the better. I mean, the NBA has known about that for a long time. We're not, you know, this isn't new ground that we're breaking here. Um, but I think if you bring in more athletic, switchy guys for that kind of style, then you don't have to change your style between the between the offense, or excuse me, between the first unit and the second unit. Um, you need another longer, switchier guy at backup point guard too. Sorry to Elia Kobo. Um, but you know, Ty Jerome's a really smart dude, but he can't be your, you know, the guy you allow to be on an Island defensively. Um, and de- definitely Elia Kobo, just, I don't know where he's got to go, but not in Phoenix. <laughs> um, you've got to have more range athletically on that second unit. And those guys are out there. Um, and the Suns don't have to bring in, you know, break the bank to bring guys in. I mean, Aaron Gordon is somebody the Suns just keep for some reason targeting. And so that's why I keep bringing him up. He could be, he would be helpful. He definitely would be helpful. He would be at, um, athletically stylish in terms of getting big dunks every once in a while. He can make threes. He doesn't make a ton of them, but neither did some of the other Suns players. Um, and he, and he plays good defense and he can do it in space. Uh, it's just his offensive game does not equate to a small forward. So he's not, I know Tim's point is not, he's not as switchy as you might think. But he is athletic, and he does help that mold. I just I wonder how he would look next to DeAndre Ayton because since he's not really a, a three-point shooter, I believe he's shooting 31%. Uh, it's just not uh, it's not ideal because you want a floor spacer most likely next to him. If I'm going to go out and try to pursue a power forward, and I've said the name before on the show, I think Laurie Markkinen makes more sense uh, of, of what you're looking for. To try to accomplish there, and if you do that, then you're you're looking at moving McHale or or Ubre or somebody as your sixth man to give the bench a little bit more depth uh, in in that way, and and I'd be all right with that. Although I am falling in love with uh, Mikael Bridges' game. The mm-hmm. more the more we watch him, the more you see the evolution of him, especially since uh, with with Ubre out, you get to see him take a more active role on offense. That guy has every tool that you could want. Uh, out of uh, out of your small forward, your starting small forward on both ends uh, of the court. I think we're looking at the evolution of something potentially special uh, there there with him. So uh, the only spot you're looking at upgrading is is power forward potentially. If you're not a true believer in Ubre and Bridges. Uh, next to each other in a starting lineup. Now the numbers, the the advanced numbers suggest that they are a, a great starting lineup together. Uh, I'm just not sure if the eye test for uh, 
James Jones and the staff are gonna gonna say the same thing because reports, I believe, it was Sham Sharania uh, again uh, reported on Friday that the Suns were very much active at the end of the trade deadline trying to get Aaron Gordon, likely would revisit in the offseason. So to me, that says that this is obviously this training or not training stuff. This uh, front office isn't. Uh, prepared to fully buy into that starting lineup. But to me, I just, I don't know that Aaron Gordon next to DeAndre Ayton makes long-term sense uh, and and how the offense works with, with two guys that, that are going to operate more in that paint area rather than, than spreading it out with, with DeAndre as well. I, I disagree to an extent for one that's going under the assumption that, that neither one, uh, ever really develops the three, but that's also, I think, going under the assumption that the only thing that those two guys can do are a Twin Towers-esque uh, offensive game that you had with Alex Lynn and Tyson no, Chandler when not, you had him. Like, while, while, yeah, they aren't necessarily spacing out the floor, and DeAndre, at this point in his career, certainly isn't spacing out the floor, that doesn't mean that the two can't operate because Aaron Gordon is a bit more versatile, uh, and so is Aiton, frankly, on some of those mid-range shots than those traditional, I can only dunk. Um, you know, this isn't like a Derek Favors situation. No, I, I agree. He, they're, right. they're both versatile. They're not traditional. Traditional only can stand there, but DeAndre Ayton's never shot a three in the league. Aaron Gordon's proving he's never made a three. He never made, excuse me, made a three in in the league. Aaron Gordon has proven that he's not a consistent shooter. We have uh, more than uh, than enough. uh, Well, would you rather have? Would you rather spend twenty five million, twenty eight, thirty million on Danilo Gallinari? Or eighteen million on Aaron Gordon, eighteen, and then the other Aaron ten Gordon. million on somebody else. Oh no, hands down, eighteen million on Aaron Gordon. Younger gives you more financial flexibility, and I believe he only has two years left on the deal. So you get to see, hey, does he fit? And before uh, committing a larger amount to him uh, as well, I'd much rather go that route than Danilo Gallinari. I think that would be a giant mistake to throw a huge amount of money. Uh, at Gallinari to to come in and play because he's he's far too old at this point and I just uh, he has an injury history I, that would just scare me off from that but uh, if if we're look talking about trying to acquire via trade a, a younger option uh, I don't know Aaron Gordon is intriguing his athleticism certainly would be fun to watch uh, here in Phoenix and. It's just trying to figure out, okay, how would this all fit together? This team already, uh, with the exception of Friday night, obviously, but has not been the most prolific three-point shooting or scoring team this season. And I think it's a big big gap in in what they need to do uh, moving into next year. And I, I just don't think... Aaron Gordon fills that. Now you could wind up getting a bunch of sharpshooters uh, on the bench that that you sign as well, and and that resolves that part of the problem. But uh, a lot of questions in, in terms of how would that work. But are you so you guys are fully sold on the current starting lineup being being the right mix and and only going I, after bench? Or? I personally am sold. Tim can speak uh, uh, for himself, but I. Part of your top seven, that five being part of your top seven, Cam Johnson being a sixth, and then another guy who can um, who can play in that same role uh, 
in that top seven, and then everybody else kind of fits in behind them, um, including Aaron Baines is not in that top seven. Um, CB eighth or ninth or tenth. I think that's great. I, I personally am sold on that. I don't know exactly about a starting lineup versus versus top seven. Gotcha. So, uh, I think that if look if the Suns can go out and get somebody like an Aaron Gordon, that you do that ten times out of ten. Right. So uh, as much as being sold on it and so therefore refusing to upgrade talent. Uh, no, I, I don't think that. And I don't think a team should ever be in that position, regardless of who their starting lineup is. Um, but from a priority standpoint, um, I do not think that the the sun should be focusing solely on the, the starting lineup. Yeah. And I, I mean, also like, holy shit, get a backup guard, guys. Like, right. I also, yeah. Right. Hey, it took him five think... years to get a starting guard. I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm going to give so him another off season to find a backup. I know, but um, just, hey, just get one. <laughs> like, yeah, I also am not interested in trading out of this starting five to get just a different looking starting five. There's that rumor that, that uh, Orlando wanted Kelly Oubre for Aaron Gordon. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't I don't do hate that it. trade. I don't. I don't hate it. I. I. I would have done the trade. I would, gonna, I would. have done. The trade. I don't you're think I have to give that. up. You're going to have to give up something. Well, you, would you rather? Well, it depends. I mean, maybe if maybe Aaron or Orlando really just wants to move on and get assets. I mean, I'd trade the they, Suns' first round pick for. They don't. They, they want a player. Um, which means you're going to have to trade. Like, if you're going to get Aaron Gordon, you have to give something up for it. That's just the way it works. And they want a player. They don't just want a draft pick. Which means you're going to have to give up a Cam Johnson, a Mikael Bridges, or a Kelly Oubre in order to get that done realistically. And which one of them would you not be willing to part with to get Aaron Gordon? Mikael Bridges. I wouldn't part with him to, to get Aaron Gordon in, in any scenario. Well, I'd have a tough time parting with any of the three. I don't think Aaron Gordon is that much of a difference maker if you can get, you know, someone with your cap space instead. I, 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 I just don't. Like, well, I, I don't think they can. Um, well, or else they just Jeremy, would. Right? Jeremy Grant's out there. I mean. Uh, yeah. Jeremy Grant's a fine player. Um, if it were me, I would. If if I if it was a if it was something if you got an indication from Aaron Gordon he was willing to sign after the after the two years, um, I would part ways with any of those three players to get him. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the, not a combination <laughs> of those three players, but any one single of those three players. Uh, he's an upgrade, and I don't know how much time you guys have actually had a chance to like see Aaron Gordon in person. I realize you're in Arizona; the Magic only come through once a year. But go right. watch this kid play. He's a beast. He is a Damn good player. Uh, well, I was at that dunk contest in Toronto, and uh, that the athleticism is unbelievable for sure. And uh, I'm sure that uh, that when you watch him on a regular basis, you see flashes of that uh, in the game uh, as well. Look, look, I don't, I don't know that I'd be fully against Kelly Oubre for Aaron Gordon for multiple reasons, but I'm still not a hundred percent convinced he's the answer. I think he makes you better but how much better is the question but Tim you're 100% right you don't just sit on a starting lineup uh, if you have a chance to improve it look at Golden State they were one of the best teams in the league and then they didn't sit around they added Kevin Durant everybody should have that mentality if you can add a better piece of talent to your starting lineup you do it regardless uh, of where you're sitting and the Suns in reality are 30 to 35 win team this year at best so why right. would you just sit there on a starting lineup because you're like hey 
it was a it won us this many games. Like it's not like you're breaking no, up. A, no, a, a, no, 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 no. That starting lineup did not just win 30, 35 games. That starting lineup barely had any time together this year. Two hundred some minutes is basically the equivalent of five games. Look, that they, they did not get enough time together to show that they are a thirty to thirty-five win starting lineup. Let's not let's not exaggerate that. No, but my my point is we're not talking about a team that's that's sitting in championship contention right now. No, you have they're to get also better and that small they're gonna get better every year. I said I, I'm I'm a big fan of keeping them together as five of your top seven. I wouldn't trade them. I, I agree that well, they're then you don't young, get a better player. Get better. And and uh, your point sure, that your point about minutes that they didn't play like that also means this could swing heavily the other way and they're really not as good of a group together as everybody thinks well they're probably not the best in the nba i totally agree with that but you can tell that their chemistry when they play (laughs) together is really good and it's above average and that's important they're probably not the best in the nba i think it's a fair assessment (laughs) dave i'm proud that you don't just buy into the analytics wholeheartedly thank you for uh for that i much (laughs) much appreciated but likely not the best yeah i agreed there uh you know so so but i i think you have to find a way to improve this team if you get the opportunity to get somebody that could could slide into that top, Dave, even if we're talking top seven, that's better than the guys that you have there now, you take the chance. Now, debatable whether Aaron Gordon's that guy, but you have to find improvement, and I think you're going to have to find it in, just, in more than just adding a few nice pieces uh, on that bench to take that next step in the Western Conference because it's not getting any easier than it was okay, this year to make the playoffs. question for you guys. Let's say the Thunder this summer do what they were supposed to do during the year, which is kind of trade out for further assets, and they decide they want to swap out Chris Paul. Would you take Chris Paul in exchange for Rubio and the Suns' first-round pick? Nope. No. Too much money and too many question marks with his health and age. That dude is a freaking winner, though, man. I, there's no d- denying that, but if he has... With what we saw from the the Suns training staff this year and the number of injuries, if he has an injured riddled season, you've now put yourself back in a position where you were two years ago, where you have absolutely no point guard. Uh, that that would be my fear with that. Uh, you know, I, I'm of the crazy mindset. Go out and uh, and yes, I have a soft spot for this guy, but go out and throw some money at Goran Dragic and let him and Rubio battle it out for who starts. Uh, you and Bloomer. I was just who, talking to him last and, night, John Bloom, about this. And, God, he's 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 praying for Goran Dragic to come back Think here. about it. You ride with that for the next two years while you try to find a long-term answer. And I think that solves a lot of what you're looking Wait, at. you mean that, Dragic in place of Rubio? No, together. One of, okay, one okay. of them is your backup, you, one of them is your starter. Dragic has more injury issues than... Chris Paul. Yeah, does. no, I'm saying you have both of them on the roster, and you let them okay. battle out for who's starter, who's backup, and when inevitably one of them is injured, the other one hopefully isn't, and they fill in, and and now you've got a palatable situation for the next two years while you develop Lequeur or whoever your long term is, and, and and it solves some of the bench issue too because you have a a floor can leader I, there too. Can I talk about Lequeur just a little bit? You can. You're part of the show. Go for it. I was so, thank you. I was so impressed with him in summer league last year. He had just turned 19 years old, barely um, eligible for the, you know, for the draft this year. Cause you have to be 19 in the calendar year you're drafted. 
Um, he goes to summer league and uh, he looked good. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He was making the right reads. He was playing defense without fouling. He was showing athleticism. He was kind of like a super side, supercharged Archie Goodwin. Then in G League this year, he spent almost the entire year there, and he's one of the worst in the G League, and I feel bad for him. I feel like he uh, just isn't quite ready for the big time. Hopefully, he just needs a year of adjustment, kind of like Ty Jerome needs a year of adjustment to the NBA. Uh, we can cross our fingers on those things. Uh, but I, I, I really hope Jalen LeCue has a great summer league this summer and then comes back a different player next year. It's it's not great when you need a year to adjust to the G League, though. That's not uh, I know. as promising I know. as you'd that hoped. It feel bad <laughs> because I was excited about LeCue. Yeah, I... I, he's still young. He was raw. They knew that coming in. Hopefully, uh, they they give one of him... my best Twitter follows. Michael Rhodes is is every every week or two. He hey, it's Lequeux time. No, it's not. Time. It's not even Lequeux <laughs> time in the G. Yeah. Hey guys, we uh we're going up on an hour. Should we do the donkey award? Da, the da, da, donkey. No, the oh, donkey we're... award is is. <laughs> well, that. That sound still works for the Donkey Award as well. I mean, <laughs> so, so this week it's it's Rich Anthony at True underscore Rise on Twitter says Josh Jackson has contributed more to winning basketball than Devin Booker has. We're not blaming the player here either way. Oh, uh, my I'm God. really surprised you didn't go with the Suns this week. Honestly. Oh well, the Suns were they they deleted it. So I don't know how I, I'll, I'll share that one as well. The Suns tweeted to our friend Alan Williams, uh, Big Sauce. He tweeted, oh, hey, can I get one of them Devin Booker all-star jerseys, right? Uh, you know, being playful with it, tweeting the team. They said, we're out of them, but we got a, a bobblehead with your name on it, implying they had no clue who Alan Williams was. <laughs> just, Or they did, and that was just the response which was the dumbest joke ever if that were the case oh, and my get uh, my guess is they didn't know because you don't delete it if it was a joke you just go no we were just joking around alan you know whatever you don't delete it if it wasn't a joke they just didn't know alan williams was a former son but i i forgive that because sometimes you got young people don't know the history of the team running social accounts, and that's a that's a team's choice to put them in that position. And I don't necessarily blame the person because I'll tell you guys a story, a little story time with Espo. Story there, time with Espo. There's a lot of things that happen when you're running a social media account. Uh, in, in the heat of things, you're reading through things, you reply to people. One time, and it wasn't me, it was somebody else who was working on the Suns account, but I learned a valuable lesson from it. Uh, the team account replied to a porn star who was talking to it and basically had a conversation with said adult uh, adult star. So I learned from that, again, I wasn't the one talking, but I'm not going to out the person that was, that you got to check everybody that you're discussing and look at the profile before you respond from a team account because inadvertently <laughs> I don't, you could do something stupid. That is a very legal profession. It's uh, completely honorable. <laughs> What's the issue? 
with okay, someone Tim, like that is I, that is the I most Floridian re, that is the most Floridian response to that story. Florida ever. man, Florida man Flo- defends prostitution. It's not, or not prostitution, prostitution, but it's, porn. It's, porn movie. There are people too. They what? Just because of what they do for a living, the sons can't reply to them. I, just, I mean, I don't. I, know. Think, I don't agree with that. I think I it's think branding, can... right? It's a branding thing. It's it's all about who you want to brand tied to. But let me. Ah, uh, the story. The story's yes. not over, though, gentlemen. I've got a fun one for you still <laughs> okay. that pertains to this oh we're so because still of in that the story pra- time because of that practice right i i would check every person i was trying to respond to during a game just to make sure i didn't step in it in in, in, in any way so I, I get a response during a game i'm sitting courtside right right next to john bloom right behind al mccoy that was where uh, i was lucky enough to sit so five Five thousand people sitting behind me in, in in two sections that could basically see the laptop I was on. I click on this profile, and it does happen to be an amateur porn star with all sorts of questionable pictures. So I think five thousand <laughs> people thought porn star. I was so very bored during a How Suns do you know game. The amateurs versus I, the pros. I, it was just a, it was just a guess. It didn't feel like a professional level. Not that I know what that is, but. Let's not go there. Yeah, but not the I think I think five I think five thousand people of five thousand of my closest friends <laughs> at a Talking Stick Resort Arena thought I was really just bored during a, a Suns game, which happened a lot in my five years there. But it is easy didn't to forget do that. that people can see your screen from behind. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the top. I'm toward the top, like two thirds up in Section 101 with the with the rest of the media schlubs. And uh, there's people behind me too. And sometimes they lean in and go, "Hey, what are you?" working on it i'm like oh my god there are people who can see my screen yeah so, so i will make sure i'm not looking at the porn too well no, not on purpose but anyways back to the donkey i forgive the sons for their discretion <laughs> you mean i've gone home alone in the middle of the night <laughs> but, but rich anthony <laughs> josh jackson has not contributed to better basketball than devin booker has let's not even Did let's not even play this tweets, dumb man dumb game where we're trying to trying to pull that off like we no i'm not you you win a donkey and uh i'm sorry but i stopped i i muted that guy a long time ago because of the craziness yeah yeah that's not that's not his first trash take no but but now he has hardware to go with the trash yeah. take. Enjoy the donkey. The donkey award. I feel like we need to actually get one created. Aww. Like, like to, that could just sit back here on the shelf. A, a donkey award. If anybody out there wants to design one, maybe we'll get it created. But no, the, we the need a digital award. one that we can we can send to people after they receive oh, the award. What I'm saying is, somebody design what they think it should look like. We'll send the digital out, and then they'll have go. an actual one. So made would that it can be sit here a donkey with Nate Duncan's head? Whoa. No, not. Not a donkey, a donkey. Either I, I, we can figure or it Nate out. Duncan being dunked into it, a basket. I think it would have to have in it some sort of rendition of that picture of Nate Duncan <laughs> and Danny Larue. It should just be that picture. Wearing their jeans and their polo. Well, but like, let's let's be honest. This has evolved past Nate. This is now a thing of its own. The donkey stands uh, stands on its own, with or without. Uh, the bad takes of what originated it. Uh, the people just love the donkey award. hundred percent. But the logo should still represent the initial 
Uh, yeah, it should be a nod behind. to the past. It yeah, should. nod to the past. So you know, uh, perhaps taking that picture and uh, <laughs> making it into some sort of a uh, uh, cartoon esque something <laughs> with the with the donkey oh. on it. I don't know. I think it's interesting though. And like if there a dunk are emoji. Yeah, I tell you what, if, if there are any graphic designers out there that can do this for us and we actually like it and we use it, um, you spend some time on it, uh, do it, send me your address and I will personally send you, again, some sun swag, the same for anybody that decides they want to be a supporter of the show. I've got a couple of bobbleheads too here. Uh, you, do you have a, uh, a Devin Booker one? I do. Do you have an extra Devin Booker one? <laughs> Not an extra one, no. <laughs> Just send it to Tim, all right? Uh, Tim Dude, puts in get, so much on, effort. On this. Oh, I, I'm going to give it to Tim in Vegas this summer. No, I need one because this is my only. This is my only son's bobblehead. You don't have the other half of that. Did you? I, it, it, you just have I, uh, so, Marcus. You didn't even get the. And I'll get Ricky tomorrow. But these are the ones I've got. Let's be. Let's be honest. The the street clothes. It, there could not have been a better theme for Suns bobbleheads this year with how many injuries there were. Yeah. These guys in street clothes. I, yeah, I only I'm, wish. I'm bummed I don't have DeAndre Ayton's from last year. His was pretty dope too. I, I only <laughs> wish. Look, look at the head of Marcus Morris on here. All they did was get a black guy. Well, and it's certainly not big enough. I mean, <laughs> not, we're not going to follow up on that one. Well, I mean, I'm just like they—they they, seriously, this isn't—he doesn't look like that. How they about just the Morris brothers going to be going deep in the playoffs yet again for and, teams? And Eric Bledsoe, don't forget about that. And uh, there's all sorts of former sons. Uh, PJ Tucker. Hey, or, uh, uh, speaking Chandler. of former sons, so all these guys are going to be available this summer. Who would you go after first? Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, Alex Len, DeAnthony Melton, Josh Jackson, and the Morai. DeAnthony Melton in a heartbeat. Yeah, I wouldn't, even, actually I wouldn't even call the rest stats? of them. I don't I even would, think like 25% on threes since the turn of the year. Dude, Alex Alex Len is a backup center if you didn't uh, keep Baines. Look, I honestly I love, not terrible. I actually love Alex the guy. I would not begrudge Alex the bringing, bringing I actually Alex really back. liked Marquise Chris as a guy, too. I didn't get a chance to to know Marquise, but uh, you know I I do hold it against him that it cost you Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich to uh, to get. Oh, him, the Suns so. could sign Bogdan and bring Marquise. Oh, back. Look at that! We're just solving the world's Bogdan's problems. Bogdan's available uh, this summer too as a restricted free agent, but you'd have to pay over ten million a year I, at I, least to get. I do I do own an authentic Bogdan Bogdanovich Suns jersey, so maybe uh, maybe I will root for him to come back. Is it authentic if he never wore it? It was made specifically for him, so yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, all right. And on that note, <laughs> we are out of here, gentlemen. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining on YouTube. Remember, if you're listening to the podcast version, you want to join us live. We are live every Saturday at uh, 7 o'clock Arizona time. Follow ish. us on Twitter-ish, right, at Sun Solar Panel. Uh, we tweet out the link there, so it's super easy to find. You can also just go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube chat as well. But hopefully we have a bit of a more successful week uh, this week. And even if we don't, hopefully the time that we record is after a Suns win. Wash your hands, don't cough on it, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hey, guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or... You can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt, 
Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help uh, help the show out. You can donate uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate $1, $5, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star review, however you want to do it. We appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate 10 bucks, Tim's going to send you some Suns uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that, that he knows about out there in Florida, but it's cool stuff, so uh, donate. Thanks again, uh, Greg here, and Tim and Dave also appreciate you. It's Sun Solar Panel. You can support us, sunshirts.com, or leave a donation.